podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. There's a, pe- there's a few people in there. There are a few people. They're firing in. Look, yeah. Good to see. Good to see. You put these kind of impromptu shows out there together. I mean... The fans were crying out for a preview, weren't they? They they were they were called, you know, we are people pleasers, man like Matt Candela. We know that, don't we? We're they, here. they spoke, we listened. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, I I just don't think I could sleep at night if there were people saying, please give us a preview, and we and we just went, no, sorry, got better things to do. So we we're delivering. We are delivering. Speaking of not delivering, though, Pete is late to the party, but we did think that that might happen, didn't we? He did say he uh, he had a few other things going on, so um, I'm sure I'm sure he'll join at some point. This is a guy who's probably going to end up missing the North London derby because he's got some other things going on, do you know? At some point, you, que- you question the commitment, don't you? Well, I mean, I, I, I'm on a WhatsApp group with a guy and he said, oh, I'm absolutely gutted. I'm going to be on a flight. I'm going to miss the game. And, you know, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. Like, this game has been in the books for a while. There is nothing more important in the world right now than what's going on this week. And, you know, he could have rearranged that. Pathetic excuse, if you ask me. Exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we show our commitment. We're out there. We're like the embodiment of Muhammad El Nenny. We're willing to do... The, the tough yards for the overall, you know, the greater good. And and that's what it is. That's, that's why, you know, at the end, if there were the equivalent of Arsenal opinion um, kits, replica kits, and they were like, oh, who, whose name are you going to get on the back? I'm pretty sure the name Manlike and uh, Johnny Cochran will be, they'll be flying off the shelves. And, and Petro on the other hand. Or is this, are we, is this the uh, El Nenny and Eddie show? <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, I mean, I didn't get to give Wax Lyrical enough about that guy after uh, the Leeds game, but we might set about addressing that today. Um, so, are you ready to roll? Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good evening. Welcome to the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. It is me, it is I, uh, Johnny Cochran, but I am not alone. I come gang-handed. I've got man like Matt Candela with me. What is going on, Matt? How are you doing? Oh, I'm good, mate. It's been a while since it's just been the two of us. I know, and, and we don't want to we don't want to slag off Pete, you know, but there is like a lot of can feel little... like a bit of a third wheel, can't he? <laughs> We, you know, we don't want to say it to him because he's driving the desk a lot of the time. But yeah, you know, he is a bit third wheeling. But at the end of the day, we're here. And I mean, we I don't think we can really oversell how big a game this week is. And we're going to get into it in detail during the course of this podcast. But um, it's a, it's a mon- it, does it feel like a monumental week? It does feel like a monumental week. Just on the subject of it just being the two of us. Um, I came back from the West Ham game when I was in London a couple of weeks ago and you two have been on and I was immediately alerted online to all sorts of slander that have been going on <laughs> around me. So um, I just wanted to let you know I'm planning on taking all of that out on Pedro today. He's not here. He cannot defend himself. 
and um, the guy is the guy's in trouble basically and, and you know rarely forgive never forget is my motto and you know that was only a week and a half ago so uh just putting that out there uh, at the beginning so that motto of yours rarely forgive uh never forget is that like emblazoned across the kosh that you walk around with you know the streets of <laughs> london with so waiting for some payback and some tottenham mugs is that what you've got oh. you know engraved well, they, they there was uh, I think Henry Winter did a piece in the Times this morning, and he was talking about it, and he was saying uh, that the uh, away end at White Hart Lane is very lively. He said, Li- you know, lively was the word, which I thought was a gross uh, understatement, and I do not even begin to wish, uh, begin to believe how how treacherous it's going to be if Arsenal secure the win to get fourth. The Arsenal fans are going to be running an absolute gauntlet down Seven Sisters Road, but that is <laughs> definitely something worth doing because wouldn't wouldn't you believe it if uh, if we managed to pull that one off? Yeah, exactly. And if we do do it, you'll be able to get back up in no time. You know, you get down in our lads. You know, what I mean, get the, we could just drive the open top bus with a, a giant inflatable four into you know in, in into the like the melee and just you know just break it up. Just be like, sorry, guys, separated once again by a, a top four. Uh, anyway, let's fire in to the more pertinent matters, like the, the particulars around what this week means, what this game feels like to us as fans, the significance of it, if you will. And we're going to wrap it up under the, the little tagline of pre-game feels. Talk to me. There is no hottest take. We obviously haven't had a game to react to, so... Where is your? Where are your feelings right now? Where's your head at ahead of this monumental game? Oh God! I mean, I've just ever since I think as soon as the final whistle went uh, on Sunday, like immediately you just start jumping ahead to Thursday because for so long we'd been looking, we sort of been looking at the season in blocks. You know, it was that the weekend before, and it was we had to beat West Ham. Tottenham were probably going to beat Leicester. Then we hoped that Liverpool would beat them. And all those results ultimately went our way. I know Spurs, uh, they they didn't lose to Liverpool, they drew. But we got the same result. We got the buffer that we needed. Um, but the one that... And then we've got, we've, got, we've got the Spurs game. The Spurs game is probably the only game that isn't a block of games. It's just a one-off. It's too big. It's just, a, it's just a single one-off. It's absolutely massive. And my head is trying to calm me down. It's going, you know what? It's okay. The whole reason why... We had to win against Leeds so much is now that we can lose at White Hart Lane and we'll still be okay. We've just got to calm down. It's, it, but that's my head speaking, my heart. I am, I'm absolutely shitting myself, basically. Uh, nerves all over the place. It's, it's so big. It's so massive. I, yeah, I mean, I can't even get my, I can't even get my head around what I'm going to do with any of the results. I think if we lose, oh my God, the nerves of having to then go and like pick ourselves back off the floor and go and win those last two games. Win, I mean, forget Friday. Thursday night is out all night time. So, <laughs> and then a draw, I mean, I guess I guess a, a draw is a decent result. Um, but there will still be somewhat anticlimactic, I guess. But... Uh, yeah, what, how are you, what are you thinking? Well, um, it's funny that you say 
uh, those things in terms of the way you framed it. Like, you know, a draw would be anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to wrap it up, but a draw basically seals it for me. I mean, let's get let's not you get say it twisted. That, you say that every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to be sealed. But no, I mean, at that point, what, we're four points ahead of them. If we're four points ahead of them in, heading into the final two games, you basically, all you got to do is win one of your last games and they've got to win both of theirs. We ain't messing that up. Everton at home, they're dog shit. They really are. So um, I know. I just don't want it to go into the last game, though, because, you know, remember lasagna? Remember that? <laughs> and I, you know, I mean, it, that has really been running through my head um, because of the, the, the fact that we're on the eve of that very fixture. I mean, surely we've got to get, we've got to do a GoFundMe to get Arsene back over here to whip up a big lasagna and and deliver it down to the down to the lane. You know, here's your catering, lads. Um, I mean, there should be so it, it would it could at the very least be clickbait for some humour. But that game immediately sprung to mind and the significance of that. But also, we can get deeper into this in other banners that come later in the pod, but. The significance of this fixture is not lost on me. We are talking about hitting a V, you know, a fork in the road, if you like. And it's not to say that the other side of the road is destined for, you know, misery or failure or whatnot. But what we know, as far as I'm concerned, is if we hit top four four, where we are placed with the players that we have currently contracted to the club, their age, their profile, their commitment to the club based on the fact that we haven't brought them in from Barcelona's academy and they've got a return to sender date on them, you know, the likes of Fabregas. Saka and Smith-Rowe have no reason, not to say they will be one-club one uh, players, but there's no reason for them necessarily to move if they're continually playing and if we are achieving at the rate they want to uh, achieve at. And so... I think we could be poised to really... When you look at the task ahead of us, I mean, the longer-term task, and that would be to try and bridge the gap between the top two, Liverpool and City, and where we currently find ourselves. It's a monumental task. Think how hard it's been to get back to top four. It's like that on top of what we've already done. But I think that if we had done this with the last gasps for air from an ageing squad... And you're like, yeah, we got in. And you go, this is brilliant and it feels good. But ultimately, you know, if everyone was the age profile of Xhaka, for instance, you'd be like, yeah, what are we going to be doing in two years? When suddenly we're like, well, what's Saka going to be doing in two years? He's going to be being an even bigger bad man, knocking people around up and down the league. They're all scared of him already. Smith Rowe, I've got 10 on my back and it's not a joke. I want to play every week and I'm doing stupidness because I'm already scoring at a clip that is eye-catching when I'm 20. So don't talk to me about 22 ESR. It's going to get naughty. And I think that we as Arsenal fans will allow ourselves to start to believe that, you know, really brighter things, a fantastic achievement, and we can't race ahead, but really brighter things could genuinely be on the horizon if we get this as a landmark, you know, kind of, signpost along the way to something even greater um right I think that kind of leads us quite nicely into um this subject and that is when we try to work out the gravitas of what this game what this fixture um represents for Arsenal 
it's almost an easier way of doing it when we can shorthand it and and look specifically at these fixtures in previous seasons and try to work out when was the last time there was a North London derby that had this much riding on it. This is the biggest North London derby since Matt Candela. What? How would you respond? Oh, well, I mean, I think you might. We might have to go all the way back to two thousand and four. I really do. When when we won the league at White Hart Lane, um, it's that big. It's the decider. It's you. You really fe- <laughs> you really fear for Tottenham in the best possible way if they don't get top four because Conte would have been outsmarted. He will he will potentially look to leave. Um, Harry Kane another year without Champions League football. You know, Sun, another year without Champions League football. Meanwhile, the upstarts at Arsenal get the revenue, they get the pride, all of that sort of thing. So I can't think of a bigger one since 2004. There have obviously been some epic North London derbies since, but all of them, never never has so much been riding on a game. I mean, I don't want to overdo it because what we've been able to do with our results over the last four games is that... uh, it's not. You could argue it's not the most important North London derby because we can lose and we can still win the last two. I don't want to overdo it, but but yeah, I, honestly, I think it's the the biggest one since two thousand and four. My biggest fear is uh, we're going to have to do something special away from home. Like when you think about back over the last decade at some of those amazing wins over Tottenham, the five twos, you know, Walcott <laughs> in the FA Cup, uh, the one earlier this season. But away from home, I mean, there haven't been that many great moments. You know, Riziki uh, scoring the winner, the 5-4 in 2006 or something. But, you know, we don't win very often there. Um, so I think that there is, um, there's an opportunity to, to make some history. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think since 2004, long, long time, nearly 20 years. Can you believe that? Well, I, I, I mean, that that does feel far too long ago, quite frankly. You know, I'm sick of watching all these highlight reels when we go to games and there's nothing to punctuate it, you know, more immediately, um, certainly in terms of a league, a league victory. But um, look, I actually think you've um, kind of gone beyond where I would go with it. And I would say since Lasagna Gate, realistically, you know, you're talking about that was Champions League on the line and that... Um, but that wasn't us playing them, though, was it? That was, that was. Oh yeah, there was that year. There was that one. Yeah, year. yeah three, that three was... games before the end of the season, oh, God, we yeah. played them at home. You yeah, know, and yeah. that was my. That was old, that was a terrible game, wasn't it? That was brutal. awful game. Awful game. Thierry, um, you know, we we were worried about him during the game as well. He had to uh, break in case of emergency, get him on, and uh, you know, uh, and he had to just salvage <laughs> stuff. But. Um, even coming out of that game, that was um, w- what I like about this comparison. The comp- comparison with that year is it felt a little bit the reverse of what is it currently did. happening in the sense that we were that was us on our downward descension, you know, descent into you know where we currently find us ourselves. We had been previously winning leagues, and quite frankly, we weren't looking over our shoulder at Tottenham. They were the also rans, just a joke club. They still are. But, um, you know, they just have better players these days. But it felt like 
with the likes of the players that were coming through, if they got that encouragement, if they got that, you know, landmark um, achievement, they may well have grown on to be far bigger and had, um, you know, a far better go at things. And we managed to get the result in hindsight that we needed to make them go full-blown Spursy uh, later in the, um, you know, a couple of games later. And obviously their dietary um, decisions had a major part to play in that. But um, that kind of leads me back onto the fact that I believe that you kind of touched on it. But when you not only look at what it means for Arsenal, but also what it means for Spurs, I can't I can't get away from the fact that in a re- very roundabout way, I actually agree with you because whilst I've brought up that last North London derby, for us, it's more significant because this time round, we are the team that's perfectly poised to bounce on and capitalise off our young squad, our, you know, promising manager, our financial situation, because we've got our stadium paid for. And we genuinely look like we have aspirations of doing more than just getting top four. Where could we be with when this team, you, you know, reaches full bloom? But what does it actually mean for Tottenham Hotspur as well? And let's be honest, you know, this is an Arsenal podcast and, and we don't like to give them props, but we have to be realistic. They've been better than us for quite some time now. There's no question about it. You know, we became the plucky club who were trying to, you know, get wins to either scupper what they're doing or try and get ourselves back. But whilst we've been in a bit of disarray, they've been finishing above us for quite some time, um, which we can't, you know, you can't get away from. And they've obviously got better players. They still have. Their top two players are better than anything that we have to offer at the moment as we speak. Whether or not that will be the case in six months, you know, is still up for um, debate and may well be largely shaped by what happens in this game. I just want to end on the reason why I bring up what this might mean for them. Where they find themselves with that ageing squad, with a player who's already asked to leave, if we do this to them in their own ground, Harry Kane has to leave. For his own self-respect. He has to. Do you know what I mean? His wife will be sitting there. He'll be crying on sofa. His wife will walk in and go, you've got to leave him. You've got to leave him, Harry. I can't keep having you coming home like this, crying your eyes out. That's what I want to see, you know. Um, and ultimately, I think that we have an opportunity to to basically to not only kickstart our new era, but kickstart their new era. And when you want to perfectly... Sum it up in a phrase, all or nothing. The last two people, <laughs> the last two teams that have been on that uh, series on the Amazon Prime, the two protagonists, Arsenal and Tottenham, and we can be embodied of both positions. We could have it all and we could leave them with nothing. And I hope we get it done. Um, so, uh, Matt, um, we're going to actually dive into the game a little bit more. And we're going to kind of talk about some of the, our, our thoughts with regards to team selection um, and what we might see. One of the biggest positions, if you like, I think that would be even left up for debate as to potential starting lineups might be at fullback and how we uh, roll out, roll out, how we play our cards with that position. Um, obviously, Tommy Asu's come back. He's managed to get through some games now, and he's looking like a Rolls Royce again, which is fantastic. Um, but there are a couple of different ways of doing it. If Ben White is fit, which we hope he is, you could even play him at, at fullback. If not, 
Um, there are obviously options with Tavares, um, Tavares in there as well, and as and when in, in what position you play Tommy Asu. So, what are your thoughts regarding the fullback situation, and who do you think should play, and who do you think will play? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really difficult to tell. Um, I think um, if I was going to put money on it, I think he's going to go with a back five. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. One is because Spurs don't like playing a deep block. They like they like they like playing with a deep block and on the counter. So I think that we could do that. Um, and I think that's what we did against Chelsea. So we did it not for very long, for about 10 minutes. But I think just seeing that there is a demonstration that he is prepared to play that. And what would that do? Well, more defensive security, then it would mean, I think, that you could then play Tomoyasu at left wing back. And you could play Saka at right wing back. Uh, and then you play um, holding Gabriel and Ben White in the middle to deal with Kane and Son, very solid defensively. Saka can do it at right wing back. We've seen him before. Um, and I think wouldn't surprise me to do that. It's one of those ones where if you get it right, everyone tells you you're a genius. And if it goes wrong, everyone goes, why the fuck was he tinkering and playing with it and, and all of that? So um, I think that's one option. I think another option is he just, and that makes a lot of sense, right? Rationally. I think another thing that he could do is go, um, and and there has been a bit of fighting talk from him. And I don't know what, I think Arteta is deliberate about everything he does, but he's come out and he's gone, no, we're going to win. He's not, we're going to get fourth or we're going to, we'll take each game as it comes. He's gone, we're going to win. And so, you know, he could just decide, I'm going to go back four, I'm going to play an offensive lineup, and I'm going to go and beat them at White Hart Lane. I don't know. I can't, I, I find that hard for him to, to get my head around, given everything we know about Spurs and how they like to play. But that could also be wonderful to watch. Um, and then I think that the other piece, I think you'll want to play Smith Rowe. Um, I think Smith Rowe didn't play against Leeds, didn't start. I think he's I'm a better. Just saying, don't go too deep on some of this because we have another section coming up. Ah, well, I think that on. I think that the Smith Road piece is around the is around the defence because I think he's more likely to play if you go with that five at the back. So those are my those are my mighty thoughts. Uh, if you go five at the back, you can also play Tavares left back. I think the bottom line from what you can tell is I've got no fucking idea what he's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, at least you summed up all the potential options uh, very well, <laughs> even though there's no conviction. You did not say it with your chest as to which ones that he might go with. But well, still, which, what do you think he's going to go with? Right. So, um, I did. I did like the way that you set out the positions for his overall approach for how we could look at it. Essentially, whether he wants to take this game by the balls and say, you know, it could go wrong, but we are going to go down swinging. Yeah. You know, it's a pub brawl and we're swinging haymakers and the first one who lands one is the other person's going down and we're, and we're willing to do that. Because whilst we'll also get onto this in the, uh, and focus on it a little bit more, they obviously carry a threat. They obviously do. We know that. Um, but we carry a threat to them. Even though we're not the most prolific or hadn't been previously, 
they're not the most defensively sound. And so I think that, you know, our strengths and weaknesses between the two teams mirror each other quite well because you'd have to say our strongest area of our team over the season has been our defence. We've, we've really, you know, particularly with the partnership with Gabriel and um, Ben White and obviously Ramsdale, we're hoping that he's getting back to the form that we saw earlier in the season, which, you know, there were, there were world-class performances in there. There's no question about that. Um, and so, obviously, their strongest area being Sane, Kane and Son up against our strongest area and, and whether our, our, our um, respective areas for improvement, you know, who's going to get the better out of a, a previously blunted attack versus a, a volatile defence? But I believe I'm going to now... now you know, we've further laid out what the positions could be. I think that Arteta will go for it. I believe him. I believe what he's saying. I don't think that... The reason why I felt that that game against Leeds was so important, if it was married with our expected uh, expectations that Tottenham would at least drop points, which they did. I, I was playing for a draw. I was absolutely fine with a draw. Because ultimately, it doesn't really change the mathematical side of things because of their goal difference. We weren't going to be able to get through with a draw it was always going to be just get more than three points so we're not matching them and then we'll, you know, be able to take matters yeah. into our own hands. And um, I think that now it gives us the liberty, the luxury to go there and say, listen, we're where we are because we're meant to be, because we're better than you and just watch us go to work on you. And I expect if we do get the result, big games from Saka, big games from uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, Eddie Nketiah to, you know, the nightmares are out again. We know all about it now. We know that Kruger's going to be waving his blade hands in the air. And um, there's nothing mm. to say that we can't give them something naughty if we do, you know, get away with it, uh, get away with the win. But for that reason, you kind of laid it out as one of the possibilities. But I think that I would prefer to see uh, a back five or back three, if you like, you know, with the main guys, just because of the protection that the inclusion of Bob Holden has afforded us in crunch moments against good teams, he comes in, we suddenly look solid. And it's just three of them. And, and I don't think that you could necessarily play a whole season like it. But in those tough moments, stick him on and go, look, you know, what, what do they say? It's um, uh, Bob holding, no, uh, holding 3-5-2, you know, the uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, takeoff. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that we in that situation, could feel that we've got enough protection in front of our keeper to just go, go at them and take liberties with them, with their creaky fullbacks. Let's see what this Emerson Royale's got to got to do. I don't, I, don't, I don't fancy him much at all, you know. And Kulisevsky looks tasty, but ultimately, you know, again, you get further into their fullback situations and centre-halves. I think there's a lot that we could exploit there. Eric Dyer, I don't trust you, never have. <laughs> Um, so let's give him the nightmares, and and, and for that reason, I think Tavares left back, Tommy Asu right back. We know that Tavares is a box of frogs, but with a added protection of Bob holding in there, um, maybe we might not get that so many of the negatives going backwards towards our goal and get a few more of the uh benefits that having a, a natural left footed player at left wing back would give us, yeah. I mean, um, the one thing I try and keep telling myself is think about how nervous we are. They must be even more nervous. 
I mean, because they're four points behind with three games to go against their biggest <laughs> rivals and we're swinging into town. And we've just won four on the bounce. We've beaten Chelsea and Man United. So watch out. And we've got Martin Erdegaard and Bakayo Saka and Smith Rowe, the rash yeah. up front. So yeah. I think I, the I, biggest... I, think I was going to just say thing. that yeah. might move us on, Matt, to the next subject, if yeah. you like, which is going to be, how can we hurt them? And I have bracketed Eddie Kruger because we know that he's a serious guy at the moment. Um, but what are your thoughts on how we can hurt them? I think the biggest thing is if we do start with that five at the back or even if we start with the four at the back, you know, as we feel our way into the game, our counterattacks have to look and feel dangerous because... You know, you don't have to score, but if they just get the sense, it's like, oh, fuck, these guys are, they're in the mood tonight. We cannot, we cannot just take it for granted that we're attacking and trying to win this game. We've got to keep the back door really firmly shut. These, I mean, it's scary, those transitions, those counterattacks and psychologically get in their head early on. I think that's going to be crucial because that's what we did against Chelsea. We started that Chelsea game and, Immediately in the transition, the passing was crisp. We looked sharp. We were knocking the balls out. We had outlets. Eddie was running players all over the place. You know, it felt like it felt like we were dangerous. And I think that changed the complexion of the game. So I think this is the same. It's like we've got to get, we've got to look sharp in attack right, right from the beginning. And if we do, their fans will get nervous, you know, snap into them and you know, the obviously other thing we can't do is concede an early goal. That would be tricky. <laughs> yeah, tricky is a very curt and succinct way of saying absolute arseholes twitching all over the Arsenal fandom. Would be, yeah, I mean, I think we're all ready for discussions like this because we all know what emotional turmoil lays ahead of us. Like, whatever happens, even if we win, I mean, unless we spank them and just go berserk, there's going to be heart-in-mouth moments coming up. And we just all know it's coming, but we're just going to have to get through it anyway. Surfer OSA has been super bullish in the comments. He's convinced we're going to win convincingly. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a very, very nervy affair. But, you know, you, you talk about Eddie Kruger. I mean, wouldn't it be great if Eddie sealed his, you know, arrival in the first team? a hail ender and, and just runs them ragged. But he's the kind of player you don't want to be playing on Thursday night. He is going to be all over everyone, chasing everything down, any miscontrol, any mistake. You know, I was comparing him to Andy Cole on the weekend. Now Ooh. he's got a bit of the Luis Suarez about him, the way he hounds people down. He'll be messy by next week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he uh, he's going to be, he's going to set the tone. From the front, I think that's the thing he's done really well in the last three or four games. He's set the tone for the team. West Ham, I thought, was brilliant. Um, and so, yeah, he's he's got to leave from the front against Spurs if he gets the nod, which I'm presuming he will. That Andy Cole comparison is, um, I like it. I like it a lot. I can, I can see it, actually. Um, but, yeah, you know, obviously he's got a hell of a long way to go to achieve what Andy did, or Andrew, I think he wants to be called, um, who was... You know, we can say it now, he's retired, a top, top striker, really, really underrated. He's one of those that, when you look back on Premier League history and strikers, doesn't necessarily get enough press. He was immense at his, at his peak. And 
if Eddie can replicate that in terms of he's got, I think, a similar style, wow, what a, what a target to set your sights on career-wise. Um, so I do, I you know, we're on that subject and I did want to go there anyway. Eddie Kruger, I think this is an opportunity for him to, uh, it's a birthing game because he's already, you know, uh, announced his interest at becoming a top striker. But these are the kinds of signature games where you go, listen, I'm Eddie from the NLD. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, you don't remember me? Did you watch that North London derby when I smacked people up? That could be his game that you point to. Everyone's got them. Do you know what I mean? All of our big players have had a breakout game where if you stopped them a couple of weeks after, they go, have you seen me in that? I'm a big boy. And and just let everyone get out of the way. And if he did this here, you, 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 you've um, summed it up perfectly. It would be his arrival. It would cement his arrival as a top, top talent because games like this are when the lights shine the brightest and there has to be, there has to be a recognised um, uh, attribute within a player's ability to be able to perform in the crunch moments, the clutch moments they say in American sports. And if Eddie's got that clutch gene, which this would be kind of uh, affirmation on him possibly having, particularly married with his recent run, it would be a standout breakout game for him. And I think he can do real damage to the likes of Dyer. These are not guys that fancy running around those. They're not. that You know, they, they, they like good night's sleep. And we know that this guy lives in people's nightmares. So... I think that he can have his way with um, a lot of what Tottenham have to offer at the back. And it's just, you know, every now and then when you play different teams, you look at their keeper and they are what I would what I would refer to as bottom corner keepers. And I mean that by when you play certain keepers, you know in those big games, you've got to find the corners. You're not getting skanky goals against them. They're too good. Um, for years, we had keepers that would just let... Balls that go straight at them in, you know. But Aaron Ramsdale's flirted with that, becoming so dominant as a, a player. Like, you know, Petr Cech and his pomp or Schmeichel or Seaman. You had to find them bottom corners if you wanted to score against them. And I think that with Lloris, he has been up and down this season, but he's still a tremendous shot stopper. And I think Eddie's going to have to be at his most accurate best to, you know, get us over the line to um, uh, on Thursday. But ultimately, you know, and I'll, I'll sum on this, I think that, as always is the case, I do think Eddie's going to be a really dangerous player, but our best player, as I've been consistent on, is Saka. He, as far as I'm concerned, is the one guy, yes, it's unfair sometimes at his age, but we know who you are now, mate. And in big moments, we have to, you know, we have to turn to you and go, what are you going to do? And I expect if we are successful, Saka will have a monster game, Eddie will likely score, and Smith Rowe is the other serious goal threat. Um, so, you know, anything could happen, but I definitely think that we could hurt them. That moves us quickly on, and I know uh, you might have to go soon, Matt, so I'll try to uh, speed it up. Um, we've gone from how can we hurt them to if the worst happens, how can they hurt us? What are we looking out for? Um, well, I think you just need to look at uh, what's happened in the past few years. You know, I think number one is early goal. I think I think we cannot concede an early goal um, because the whole momentum will swing. We need White Hart Lane or Shite Hart Lane to be a very anxious place. We need them to be getting extremely worried. 
you know, because a draw isn't good for them. You know, they have to win. And so we want to keep it. We, we don't want them to be in a position where they're winning because, you know, they when, when they when they get their nose in front, they can see they can see the path forward. So that's really, really crucial. Uh, quiet in the crowd. These are all like old traditional ways of approaching an away game that for some reason Arsenal haven't done in like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're the team we, who just goes there and concedes three in the first 10 minutes and then like has a decent next 80. Cannot do that. Set the tempo right from the beginning. Win every second ball, like from 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 the first minute. And I think the biggest thing is we cannot be afraid. And I think like the body language and the noises are really positive because at the moment the uh, the it feels like the body language is extremely positive. It's like we're going there to win. We, we can't wait for Thursday. You don't, you don't want it. Like for us, it's like a game we've got to just got to get out of the way. We're trying to tick, we're, we're trying to just like tick it off. We'll take the point. Let's just move on and get it over. It's too much. But I think that in, in I think on the training pitch, my, my sense is that Eddie, Smith Rowe, Saka are, they can't fucking wait to get out on that pitch on Thursday and win the game for the Arsenal on the pitch at White Hart Lane. That's genuinely, uh, what it feels like. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, so, well, I mean, I, you know, and back to the Eddie thing, as someone, when, when you've got a guy who's come through the academy, he knows not only what it means to be an Arsenal player, but also what it means to get a win over the old enemy. You know, he knows the significance of these games because just like you can, you're looking for that breakout performance, you have it at every level. At youth level as well, how do you try and impress someone you're at, when you're in under 14s to show that you're, you know, a top player or a win over Tottenham under four, uh, a goal against Tottenham under 14s would be a good way of doing it. They know it's it, it's inbuilt into his DNA of how significant this fixture is, and so I think that it, you know, kind of marries up quite nicely with where I would obviously. And I mean, I'm not shocking anyone here in my response to how they can hurt us. But um, the fact is, is that they've got two players who are special. And um, this sure as hell is not going to be a podcast that celebrates all things, you know, Tottenham Hotspur, quite the opposite. But um, the fact is, is we know, we're not naive, we know that they are a team that have two world-class players who have beaten up on teams that are better than us this year. They, we know how clinical Kane can be and we know how, you know, outrageous a season Son's having. I didn't even see... He's got 20 Premier League goals. He's, he doesn't even play up front all the time. It's it's eye-catching numbers. So we do we know what we have to watch out for. I do think that defensively we match up quite nicely with them if we have that three at the back because where did we see, see success from previous opponents in you know, body in Kane, if you like. And it was from, you know, over their last few few weeks, particularly Brighton, um, there were teams that basically sat up and said, we're just going to man Mike, man Mark um, Harry Kane and wherever he goes. And he just had quiet games. And then you realise that when Kane's not doing much, Tottenham just don't do much at all. They have Kulusevski who looks useful and obviously Son can do it, but most things move through Harry Kane. And I think that, if we played uh, a three at the back, we have the opportunity to have one of those 
three defenders acting aggressively with Kane, stepping in constantly, stepping out of the back, not be worried about being spun in behind on because they've got the cover of the two uh, centre-halves either side of them. So I think that we, you know, if we did have holding in there and Ben White was used as in an almost Franco Baresi role where he's allowed to just step out and just be like an old sweeper. Don't see it much. Do you know what I mean? It, it would be brilliant. Martin Keown used to do it fantastically. And so, um, and just and a bit of man marking. And I think at that point, they've shown uh, a, a, an inability at times to get around that. It's not to say that they can't because they've got special players who can turn up. We know that. But I do think that if we... You know, and I know I'm saying some obvious stuff here, but if we can keep Kane and Son to quiet nights, I don't really see how they will give us too much um, worry because I, I, I've seen the rest of their team. It's not that they're awful, but they're not on the same page as those two players. And I think that we carry far more of a threat than Tottenham do outside of those two special players. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of wrapped. Uh, did you have anything else on the how can I hurt us? No, I was going to say, I think a lot is going to be on El Nini because uh, he's been outstanding last last four games. Can he just do it one more time? <laughs> can he do it one more time against Ben Zucker? Um Because you got you got you can't be overrun in the middle of the park because ultimately that's where the supply for Kane is going to come. And, you know, let's just hope he's he's got, got it in him, you know? He wants a new contract. Let's go and see. Yeah, I mean, but on the same note, he we we've got every ground, every bit of grounds for encouragement because lately El Nenny has just been different gravy, and he just been absolutely, you know, just running the show. And it's been someone said before we kind of had more news on Thomas Party that they thought the party might be able to get back for that game, and what would you know everyone do in that situation? And I've got to say, whilst there's no question that Thomas Party is the senior player there. And if everyone's fit and healthy and happy, he is a start, the first name on the team sheet in terms of our central midfield. The last thing I would do if he was coming back from injury is throw him into this game. El yeah. Nini's done nothing to have the plug pulled on him. He's been excellent. Um, and I think it would be very bad for motivation in the squad, particularly if we lost. Um, but also, also, Thomas Party has been shown as to what he will do and how he will respond to being thrown in last minute or straight off a plane. And, you know, we'd be risking him getting injured. No way. El Nene, I have full faith in that he can, you know, match up well against Bentacor and people like that. They're not world beaters. This is not Luka Modric playing there anymore. This is, you know, Bentacor, it's not like he's rubbish, but I think El Nene can play at that level. And I hope that he shows it uh, on Thursday. Because if he does, I thought it was, wonderful um, suggestion of talking about him because I think he will be absolutely key if we are going to get um, our uh, dreams, our prayers answered on Thursday. Matt, let's talk viewing stations, okay? What are your tactics on that? Where will you be watching this affair? I'm actually just going to be watching it at home, I think, because uh, obviously we've got uh, we've got the pod the, po- the, the after the whistle. So uh, I think um, I'm going to be at home, I'm going to be hunkering down. Been a few this season, um, three or four in particular. The Chelsea game, I think Liverpool away in the in the cup. Uh, Villa, that second half away at Villa, where I've just been standing, couldn't even sit down, just standing and watching the game. 
Uh, I think this is going to be another one. I think it's straight from minute one. It's going to be seriously tense. I think, uh, yeah, the, the one thing we haven't touched on is we can't get anyone sent off and, uh, and we can't give away any penalties. And they're going to be, that crowd is going to want Arsenal players sent off and they're going to want penalties. So we are going to have to be on our best behaviour. No reckless behaviours. Better to concede a goal than get a man sent off. Still gives us time to bring it back. And I'm sure um, sure Arteta will be saying it. But what about you? Where are you going to be watching it? Um, likewise, obviously, it's nothing exotic, really. We, Particularly on the biggest fixture of the season, it's going to be the biggest Arsenal opinion podcast of the season. That much has to be, you know, a given. We will be obviously be on the whistle on that game, so do tune in for that, people. Um, but yet, because of that quick, tight turnaround, I will certainly be watching it at home. But when watching it at home, I have my young son to think about when he goes to bed. But I'm sorry, it's one of those where it's like, make you two now. You know, you'll be driving next year. At the end of the day... Dad's watching a big game downstairs. If you'll get woken up a few times, this is life. You might as well get used to it. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I say that because, um, you know, there are some fixtures. There are some fixtures where it's like, even though I'm trying to be quiet in my house, I can't guarantee I'm not going to be shouting and hollering. And my wife will be like, why are you shouting? It's like, it's the North London derby. There's going to be noise. You know, just crack on. And, I, and we'll talk about it later and I'll try and apologise then. But ultimately, I can't control myself in the moment. The, the passion is too real and visceral, you know? Well, I think I think this is our cup final this year. You know, we've been very fortunate over the last few years, even though, you know, we've lost a couple, but we've we've won a couple as well in the FA Cup. We were at the, Euro, uh, the Europa League final one year, a couple of years ago. Um, but we didn't, we went out of the cups early this year. We haven't been in Europe all season. This is the cup final. This is it. This is our cup final. Uh, <laughs> there might be two more if we if we don't win, but you know, just just let's just imagine what 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 we're going to feel like if we could get a win. Ah, oh, it's it, it really would be. Um, well, it would it would be. I'll tell you what it'd be like: an Amazon documentary that needed a special ending at the end of it. You know, um, like someone had scripted it perfectly. That is what it would be like. And it would feel like redemption for Arsenal fans. Whatever your, you know, ultimately, we all maybe had different views on how we were going to get there. But we all want the same thing. And this would be the first juncture, I would say, where it would unite fans in the sense that even if you didn't like him before, you may still have questions about him. This is unashamed progress. If we get top four at this point, we're back and we would feel like, you know, we're buzzing and cooking on gas again. And, you know, it would certainly be, I, I think that the positive atmosphere that we're already seeing in and around the ground would only continue to grow and it could flourish into a, a special era. And that is what everyone, I think, is getting so excited about. Now... I mean, I say this, that's obviously if we get over the line and get top four and win and that positivity is allowed to bloom and flourish. But what is your, what's your prediction for how this actually goes down? Uh, my prediction is it's going to be... I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't want to say this. 
I think this season's got more twists and turns to go. And I think that I think we're going to get top four, but I don't think we're getting a result on Thursday night. I think it's going to go all the way to the last game of the season. And I think we're going to beat Everton and we're going to go through because this season isn't the kind of season that gets all wrapped up with two games to go and Arsenal can celebrate. And then there's one other th- prediction. I think Leeds are going to beat Chelsea tomorrow at home. And I think it's going to be a three-horse race for the two spots for the final three games of the season. Those are my two predictions. Interesting. Um, so I, I know that I am in danger in these moments of thinking with my heart and not my head. But I'm going there anyway. For the people, the maniacs out there that maybe, you know, constantly listen to my betting advice and think whatever whatever Johnny comes out with his predictions, stick, you know, under grand on that. They're probably still not alive right now. They're being chased by loan sharks because I'll often be wrong with these uh, predictions. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it anyway. Balls deep and say I think we're gonna beat them at at their ground. And I think that this is a breakout game. And I think that heading into it when there was so much anxiety about this Tottenham game, it was almost considered like it was a guaranteed thing that we'd drop points here, which is why we had to ensure that result against Leeds, for instance, on the weekend. And to then go there and beat Tottenham Hotspur and go, what are you worried about? (laughs) (laughs) We were going to slap them up anyway. It would be perfect in its unexpected nature. And to trigger St Totteringham's day... At White Hart Lane, I don't want to get carried away. I'm just telling you what, if my prediction is right, what that would mean to trigger St. Tot's Day in their stadium. And we can all raise a glass at that point and we say, you know, congratulations. Everyone enjoys St. Tottenham's Day. That would be really, really memorable. I'm, you know, even a draw would be a fantastic result tomorrow because it, I, I really don't see them getting it if we draw with it. If they don't beat us, I think they have next to no chance. If they do beat us, I still fi- I still think we're favourites. So, you know, especially if we give a good account of ourselves, that is the main thing. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go out there and say I think we'll beat them. And I think Eddie and Saka do some damage. Uh, potentially Gabriel's always a threat from set pieces, but probably Eddie and Saka mix in there. And don't be surprised if Smith Rowe does some naughtiness as well. Um, so that is my prediction. Probably a free one. There we go. I like it. Um, I mean, one thing I was thinking about is that we haven't, we've had one comeback all season. Uh, Wolves, we were there. One nil down, two one up, like the famous Arsenal song goes. And uh, there would be something very, very special about an Arsenal comeback win tomorrow. We haven't had one all season. Just one nil down, get the jitters and then come back and then a late winner just to send the toilet bowl, the Armitage Shanks bowl into stunned <laughs> silence. That would be that would be joyful, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, that really would, to be fair. Um, yeah, I mean, that could be their first big memory at their stadium. That's what happens to you guys. You're a joke. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, so uh, that's the end. That's the end of the pod. Um as always, where can people find you on the uh, internet, Matt? You can find me cowering in, uh, at Matt Candela for the next two days. Uh, a few nervous tweets ahead of the game. 
wondering uh, what's gonna what how we're gonna how we're gonna line up, what's gonna happen, what are all the repercussions? But uh, yeah, we're in the final the final corridor of the season, right? Yeah, absolutely. We are um, we are at the <laughs> we're at the final we're at the crescendo now, and um, you know, it, 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 no matter what happens, we can always take solace from the company of other gooners. Because we're all in it together. And that's what football brings out of us, that unity. And long may it continue. I say that because... Did Eddie, Kruger, mean, did Eddie Kruger ever have good moments at the end? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, well, I think they usually killed him um, in some way. So, yeah, that was kind of uh, a positive, like, heart, you know, a heart-rendering moment. But um, I've got to not only say thanks as well. Oh, yeah, people, if you do want to follow me on my socials, I'm at I, Johnny Cochran, so uh, always good to see um, new people sending out a little follow. appreciate that. Um, Matt, I've also got to sum up that we have some quite exciting news, I think, uh, and that is that we will soon be introducing a Patreon element to our happy little community. Um, and, yeah, it would be great um, if you guys could support us on that. Uh, we're certainly trying to... Keep bringing you guys, you know, even more content. And we're so grateful for your support up to now. And if you could help support us in that way, it would be, you know, truly appreciated. But we're also going to try to do these previews more regularly. And that ultimately would be, you know, just some of some of the things that you might be getting exclusive access to if you are a, a, a Patreon of ours. And um, as, as well as, uh, as other exciting things that we might have coming out for you. Um, but apart from that, we will always be doing our on the whistles as usual. If people aren't Patreon, and that's fine. You know, we, we do just appreciate your support and the fact that you want to come and listen to us jabber on about Arsenal. So if you want to just keep doing your on the whistles, nothing will change on that front. But a new offering, if people are interested. Um, exciting times, Matt? Very exciting. Yeah, like we said, on the whistle, no change. But I think, you know, what we've heard is that people... People get excited for all the games and we get excited too. And hopefully, um, yeah, more, some more people will, will get the opportunity to tune in and uh, hear all our predictions not go well and uh, <laughs> all us sort of argue amongst each other and flip-flop between various points of view. Non-League Eddie will be back. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's been great. This, I can't believe this season is coming to an end and we've just got to finish it off. We're so close. We're so close. Champions League is within our grasp. Screw my prediction. We're going to win on Thursday night. And what a perfect way way to end the podcast. That air of positivity from a man like Matt Candela. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. As Pete would always, you know, lean on me to say, we appreciate your support, particularly in the form of five-star ratings on your uh, Apple podcast. Do leave a rating and a review. That would be very much appreciated Um, but as always ciao for now Sports Social Podcast Network